going on everybody welcome into a special edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous saturday december 23rd 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man busy week oh it is it's just absolutely crazy got a lot of great stories out there a lot of great stories happened this week. Uh, Red Sea going absolutely insane. Another <laughs> offshore wind farm bites the dust. Uh, we got everything. The team's going to uh, queue it up with, with our top segments from this week. But before they do that, guys, remember all the news and analysis you hear. It is brought to you by the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your energy news. Stu and the team do a tremendous job of making sure that website stays up to speed with everything you need to know to say the tip of the spear when it comes to the energy business you can uh, uh hit the link below on all your major podcast platforms and youtube um and, and check out the description links to all the articles timestamps so you can jump ahead uh you can also email the show questions at energynewsbeat.com check out our data news product dashboard.energynewsbeat.com but until then still i'm gonna kick it up to the kids in the weekly recap we'll see you next time folks shale oil ceo second act going green michael i want to tee up our deal spotlight of Oxy and Crown. Uh, and the reason for that is you and I didn't know the outcome until we went through the steps and it fits right into this because there is a way that Saudi Arabia is funding their move to green, just like Oxy is funding their move to green with oil and gas. Ah, a balanced approach is the only way that you're going to get there and not shutting everything off. So let's go to this story. Tony Sanchez III uh, was the epitome of a shale boom CEO, drilling oil wells, piling on depth and hunting quail. <laughs> I love that in his ranch in South Texas. He got caught up in the uh, the oil crash and everything else. But uh, what were some of the things that caught you in this article, Michael? Well, one, it's one thing that caught me is if you're familiar with the name Tony Sanchez or have heard of Sanchez Energy, absolutely the epitome of the early, the mid 2010s shale boom. I mean, when and when I mean right. boom, and, and then I also should say the bust as well, because it ended with Sanchez Energy filing for bankruptcy. So I love nothing more than a failed oil executive pivoting now to selling green. And whoa, so what's his, so if you read this article, Stu, his current business, One Nexus, is a little bit different. This is his new business he started. Right. Here's a paragraph down here. One Nexus offers oil producers policies that pay out only when their wells are capped, ensuring that companies have money set aside. He's now an insurance salesman. We went from, he went, he's literally an insurance salesman now. Okay. The rates are determined by actuary models that were adapted from human life insurance calculations. And the policy is structured to survive even if the oil producer or one nexus goes bankrupt. He says, this is incredible. This is a legit, this I, is the biggest grift I've ever seen. I love it. Uh, to be honest with you, if it's, hey, um, insurance rules the world, baby. You think the deep state does? Nah, it's insurance companies. Insurance Sooner companies or later, will... Stu, you're going to invite me to an event where I show up and it's going to be Tony Sanchez up there. Hey, if you sell our policies, 
and get five people underneath you, you're going to be able to go to my president's retreat with me in Cabo. This has multi-level marketing. I can see it now, Stu. One Nexus. I'm a one Nexus business owner. Yeah. Hey, if you see him as a sponsor of the show, you'll know it's on the way. (laughs) You'll know we sold out when one Nexus sponsors the show and I'm here pushing insurance policies on you. That's when you know, just take us off air. Then we would have cradle to grave. We would not only be on the front end evaluating uh, M&A, we'd be evaluating on the back end there. So that's something about insane. The U.S. isn't the only one eating into OPEC's market share. Uh, Brazil and Guyana are hitting oil production volumes. As Governor Abbott is signing in, you know, the deals that he's doing, we're getting more uh, natural gas plants online. And when you sit back and take a look at not only Total Energy is investing in uh, in Texas. Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, wee. Oui. Oui. You were doing, what, what was it, Mike Myers that you were just doing? Isn't that you like were, some old school French way? Wee oui, wee. Oui, oui. uh, oh, no. That, you were talking about doing uh, some one of them evil characters that has a cat, Mr. Evil. Mr. I'm evil. out on cats. Sits, I'm sorry. Uh, no, but Mr. Evil, uh, Mike Myers, bald, and he says, oh, from, oh, uh, I'm going to hold powers. the world ransom for million. Yes, okay, yes, 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 uh, yes, so yes. let's go back to this one. Brazil and Guyana, you have the pricing model around the world. We're going to cover this in more detail in the next few weeks. OPEC has seen its market oil market share fall to 51%, the IEA said, while U.S. output has soared. Brazil's output has soared 400,000 barrels a day to 3.6 million. Now, here's the thing. Part of that number, Michael, I'm digging around on the EIA's number, and it's 51%. It is the dark leak. I'm going to do my Biden real quick. Everybody on our podcast, I'm leaning into the mic. I'm losing my mind as I lean in and go, it's the 51%. Okay, so uh, that was my Biden. That's about all I can pull on that knucklehead. So when we sit back and take a look, the pricing model, Michael, is busted. And I'm working on some more stories on this. Because it affects Texas. So goes Texas, goes the rest of the world. Anyway, yeah. I don't know why my camera just zoomed in. I was going to say, like, it knows, it knows that that's exactly <laughs> that is about as need. creepy as it um, gets. I mean, it, it is interesting that OPEC is losing its grip. And, and it's kind of clear with, with that over the years, OPEC has been losing its grip. If only because look what's happening right now. OPEC has continued to cut and signal that they are going to cut production and, and, and are going to continue to cut until they can bring Brent oil up. And what has oil done the past three months? Tumble, tumble, tumble. I mean, can't be too mad at $71 oil, but thinking about yeah. where Saudi Arabia and OPEC and Russia and everybody wants oil prices to be, it's insane right. that they haven't been able to achieve yet that. So it's clear that there are other sources, a.k.a. Brazil and Guyana, as this um, article uh, uh greatly yep. points out is the reason for that. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty insane. It's pretty insane. And the whole pricing paradigm, Michael is changing. So it goes back to our great oil and gas in the U S and then the war on oil that the Biden administration has done by trying to source oil through Venezuela uh, or other countries. It's just criminal. Uh, conservative state files first in the nation lawsuit against BlackRock over deceptive climate policies. Michael, this is kind of, you cannot beat this kind of entertainment. 
Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Cremetti uh, on Monday sued the investment company BlackRock. Here's a quote. BlackRock has said two things that can't both be true. Scamardi, a Republican, told the Daily Signal in an interview Monday. The first is that they are taking investors' money and investing it purely for the purpose of maximizing the return on the investment. But they've also put out statements saying that they are committed to net zero carbon emissions to combat climate change by certain dates. Um, both things can't be true. And I agree that he is, is hitting on that. The, here's where it gets a little funny. I'm going to be wondering how it's going to pan out in the courtroom, Michael, Mm -hmm. because, uh, pledge member of the climate groups is to force companies to disclose their targets for net zero emissions for environmental and political reasons. This is coming down into the carbon tax. It's coming down into the EMP operators. But here's where this, I get a little confused on this article. The uh, Larry said it's okay to invest in ESG in oil and gas. So where I think this is really going to need a follow-up is the requirements for carbon neutral uh, for reporting from oil companies. This is a serious question. So to take this, it's, again, this is a serious question, Maxie. Are companies, are, are companies required to make a profit? Yes, if they are says who they are, they have a requirement to their to their shareholders. But it's not like a law, not like if you don't produce a profit, you're going to go to jail. Or we'd have seen a lot of tech companies be out of business and be we'd have a lot of tech be legal. So I asked this question seriously. I'm all for I think what BlackRock is doing is obscene. They're they're fleecing the world, so to speak. They're greenwashing the whole ESG movement to take money from investors under the ruse of ESG, but deploy it as they see fit. Yes, that's shady business practice. Question, though, is it actually illegal? There's a difference between it's not illegal to be stupid. It's not illegal to necessarily not necessarily invest the money as wisely as it should. So this is where I I understand that it looks good on a headline that we're going to go sue BlackRock. I'm all for it. I think what they're doing is a travesty. The question is, is it illegal? And that's where I think the difference becomes, you know, is in this process of, you know, and, you know, Stu disagrees with me so much. He just left point of the matter, I think when it comes to, you know, whether or not this lawsuit is worthwhile. I mean, I mean, this guy's, you know, Jonathan uh, Skirmetti, he's probably got a little bit of time on his hand when it comes to it. But the real question is, is these, quote, deceptive practices illegal? I mean, this guy's going to know. But the real question is, you know, what's a jury going to think? I, th- I think the interesting thing is that, you know, we know BlackRock has walked back a lot of these you know, so-called targets that they want to push, you know, they, they haven't necessarily followed through as much as maybe they would have, they would have, you would have thought, you know, two years ago, I mean, two years ago, you know, they, they were attempting to influence companies like Chevron, United Airlines, Walmart, in order to, you know, push these shareholder proposals that were much more climate related. But in 2022, they said that in a response to the state's attorney general, that the company, quote, doesn't dictate to companies what suspicions are or what specific emissions targets they should meet or what type of political lobbying they pursue. So they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth. The question I go back to is, are you, you're, I think you're allowed to speak out of both sides of your mouth. There's no law that says you can't. 
But they do have a fiduciary responsibility for not. I, I, I that's a good question. Do they are they legally responsible? Yes, it depends you have a on the fiduciary responsibility. But that's different than being illegal, right? Yeah, you, or am I, I, I'm not a lawyer. It's a dumb question. But you know, when we talk, like, like for example, bankruptcies. Bankruptcies. It's not illegal to be an idiot and drive your company into bankruptcy. Now you're gonna probably never raise money again. But the question is: Is being incompetent illegal? I don't know. Well, it does take a village to raise an idiot. If, if so, I'll tell you this though: If it's illegal to be an idiot, Stu, we're in trouble, and we oh, the yeah. SEC is going to be knocking our our hard door very quickly. Oh wait, that's them. <laughs> Yeah, I funny. just I had to All go right. get the door. Um, Energy workforce Biden's Gulf of Mexico leasing auction is detrimental to the U.S. energy supply. Um, only three oil and gas uh, sales are scheduled for the uh, Gulf of Mexico in 2025 and 2027 and 2029. A departure from the previous plans, 11 lease sales. This is critical. Uh, when we talk about natural gas, we talk about oil and gas investment and low-cost energy, the Gulf of Mexico, great offshore producers do a great job. We have to remind everybody ourselves, um, the only reason the United States uh, has reduced their carbon footprint is because of lowering natural gas, or excuse me, lowering the coal usage and increasing uh, natural gas. Natural gas off the Gulf of Mexico is pretty important. You got to have that for LNG. You got to have that for exporting. That goes into the other article with Europe as well. It is all related. The Outer Continental Shelf produces 90 B, uh, uh, estimated to hold uh, 90 BOE and 300 TFCG. Uh, if developed, these could be more than 800,000 American jobs. You know, we always hear about President Biden being a uh, for the American workers. Let's pony up. Let's reduce and let's get to carbon net zero, but let's do it using great American energy. So anyway, that was pretty cool article there. A strategy to end Iran's aggression. I just want to go, go on record and say that I do not think the United States needs to go to war anywhere. I am not a fan of war. Lindsey Graham, if you're listening and you'd like to come on this podcast, I would love to talk to you. Threatening to bomb Iran's oil is not a way enforcing sanctions the way Trump had is the way to do it. Iran under Trump, 350,000 barrels per day production under Biden. With all of the sanctions, they are going to be at about, I believe it's three point. 4 million barrels per day. Sanctions don't work and bombing them gets our kids killed. I just want to be clear. I am a humanitarian and we need to um, not bomb people. Missiles fired by Yemen's Houthi rebels um, is really causing a stink around the oil there, around the Red Sea, and it is going to cost the world billions. The supply chain is going to increase. Those stories are on there as well, too. But we do not need to have the U.S. bombing this in order to stop it. So I thought this article was a good one, but Hamas is definitely the enemy and we need to, you know, 
let Israel do their uh, due diligence and take care of what they need to do. Uh, another offshore wind hits the dust. This one's kind of sad because it is very systemic of more coming around the corner. The developer Icebreaker, a small project in Lake Erie, announcing it's pulling its stakes on its six turbine product. <laughs> Project. Michael, it received a $50 million grant under Obama. You know how long it is to get to get it attached to the grid? And the uh, energy department has pulled the grant, and taxpayers will only get $37 million back. So somebody made, let me think, I went to OSU. How many millions did they spend on regulations? measuring rocks to make sure they get these things up all for six turbines i mean what could that power like barely power anything no i I mean uh you're talking you know six watts i mean i'm kidding whatever i love this part according to the developer icebreaker became financially untenable after the ohio power sitting board in 2020 required the turbines to stop at night between March and November to reduce the risk of migratory birds and bats from hitting the turbine blades. Oh, yeah. And it's even funny. Uh, A large uh, Dominion Energy, a large utility in Virginia is moving ahead with its consisting of 176 and is spending 625 uh, million on the first U.S. built ship capable of hauling more than 300 foot long blades. That's a lot of money just to haul a blade out and put it up with duct tape. That's just amazing to me. And here's the conclusion. I thought this was really good. Another offshore wind is calling it quits as inflation, interest rates, supply chain issues, and legal challenges are making it too expensive and difficult to exceed. Michael, we've seen that over the last six months. It is going to escalate and curtail uh, wind. I still see solar as having some. Uh, wind. Uh, and uh, I w- I had lunch with Dr. Uh, Ed Ireland and uh, RT. Here's a great one. The young lady out of London came up with an idea for wind in subways. At first I was like, eh, great idea. They all create wind. Why not put a little turbine down there? Every time it goes through, you could make some really nice. I think it'd be kind of cool. Uh, let's go to the Red Sea tensions. but. I'll tell you, uh, the warmonger, oh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Graham. Uh, Oh, Lindsey Graham? Graham. Oh, my gosh. He's calling, he's actually calling for us to bomb Iran's Mm -hmm. oil field. What? No. Step away from the microphone, dude. Step away from the nuclear weapons. (laughs) Step away away. from the nukes. You do not have the football. Step away from Biden's side. We do not need to do that no Uh, okay let's go to the here's where red sea tensions threaten diesel market michael yeah here's a whole nother side of the uh hooties uh out there playing around with them drones these are not your uh drones that your dad used to fly around these are some serious kind of drones the below average distillate stocks suggest an uptick in manufacturing construction next year Iran has got another million barrels coming online, uh, a million barrels per day. And then so does India and so does China. So, oh, yeah. Guess who's buying the uh, 
diesel and gasoline and uh, products from China. She, dun, 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 California. <laughs> I was going to say, Newsom? And, and, well, why did President Z show up and why was it cleaned? I don't know. He just okay. wanted to meet our favorite governor, I thought. He wanted some hairstyle tips. Yeah. But when we take a look at the... It's just, it's weird on how diesel is now also, they're peeling some of the dark fleet off for diesel tankers. Uh, it, it's weird. Yeah, so. I think this is a, this is a really niche problem that we, we've had bad diesel prices right now. I mean, if anybody remembers back in the, in the early yeah. 2000s, diesel was, was always less than gasoline. It's that right. now market is now flipped and where diesel is trading and, and, and for consumers at the pump, much higher than gasoline, which is why food inflation continues to stay high. We think that food inflation has to do with food commodity prices. It does, but it also has to do with transportation costs. And with the majority of food being transported by truck, high diesel prices only going to inflate that supply chain a lot more. So anything, any, you know, the the diesel market is already teetering. Anything that impacts that is is going to be good. So I I think while we won't see an oil price freakout, what we might see is slight almost food inflation or flight supply, slight supply chain inflation as we move forward. If I agree, diesel distillate problem becomes any stronger. I, I couldn't agree more. And the other side of that, that coin though, is, is the number one user of what, what was, are you like before our podcast, I was just flipping Mike, a coin. Michael was starting to do a hooli hoop. I was flipping game. a coin. Oh, you're, oh, flipping a coin. Here we go. Heads or tails. Heads. Heads I win, tails you lose. It's under the table.